If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved With all the stats and the tips and so much more Cause it's the golf betting system The golf betting system is the golf betting system Greetings and welcome to the Golf Betting System Podcast 233. This is our 2022 Zozo Championship and Estrella and the Lucia Masters Tips Podcast. Paul Williams joins me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selections for this week's PGA and DP World Tour action. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, Steve. How are you doing? It's a mouthful this week, isn't it? Zozo Championship and Estrella and the Lucia Masters. The Estrella Dan Masters, yes. Yeah. It's not Arsenal Spurs. It's never that easy, is it, in uh, in, in golf <laughs> no, parlance? You have to get your pronunciation right. Well, I don't do that, but you have to try, don't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please be gamble aware. You can visit begambleaware.org for more information. And, of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website. There is no paywall. We have in-depth betting previews. Paul has one for the uh, Estrella um, Andalusia Masters. I have one for the Zozo Championship. We've got tournament form statistics. We've got form charts, including combined course and current form. And of course, PGA Tour and DP World Tour. Predictor models. All of these features, like this podcast, are completely free of charge. You can follow Paul on Twitter. He's at Golf Betting. I'm at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show each and every week. We get about 500 um, listens on our podcast on YouTube. So if that's how you can shoot, Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel. Plus... You can join our Golf Betting System Facebook group. The link is available in the description box. Right, now you guys as listeners power this podcast, so we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. As ever, for those of you who leave a review, I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name and where you are in the review. Now the question is, Paul, as regulars will know, as of last week, we were dry. Yep. We'd gone to the well... And the bucket came up dry. There were no reviews. We have one, though. One for this week. All I will say, keep them coming. Keep your reviews coming. We have a review. We have one from Nick. He's in the great city of Manchester. Uh, The title is, They Do the Homework So You Don't Have To. Five stars. Fantastic podcast with a lot of useful info to help whittle down the shortlists. Would recommend to the casual majors only punter through two experts, three credible chaps, and fantastic insights into the courses, trends, and player stats. Also sprinkled with some humour along the way. Keep up the good work. Thank you. That is from Nick in Manchester. Much appreciated, Nick. Yes, thank you, Nick. Very succinct and 
accurate description of what we try and do. Just a word on Barry, because um, I know some of you be worry, uh, worrying or wondering where he is. Barry's off. Um, he's gone to Spain, Steve, hasn't he, to uh, on a uh, golfing holiday for the next uh, next week or so. So no Barry with us today, unfortunately. He did say um, on a message last night that he may be getting himself off to Valderrama on Thursday. So uh, we mm-hmm. may well see some pictures and tweets further in the week um, if he does manage to get himself out there but uh, but yes back to the review thanks for taking the time very much appreciated is he in, is it Cadiz or Jerez yeah it's in that neck of the woods it's Cadiz it's in the deep it's, south isn't it so to Grande if that's Lovely. badly pronunciated as well he says he's about an hour from Valderrama so that's mm. probably three name Barry <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think they, they'll need to get a car to actually take them there first, which may be the uh, it be limiting great, factor. Wouldn't it be fantastic to spend a day at Valderrama? Oh, it'd be beautiful. It'd be awesome. Mm. I'd, I'd, I, I don't think I'd be able to get out of that Estrella tent. That's the trouble. <laughs> Estrella on tap. Yeah. Estrella straight from the Barcelona factory. Mm. Chilled to perfection. Yeah, and the sun's shining. Right. Let's start witter. Let's stop wittering. I tell you what I want to say. I'm going to set a challenge to the listeners. I know that um, around about half of our listeners listen on Spotify. There is a five star button on Spotify. We are currently on 234 five star reviews. Let's make it 300 by the end of this golfing year, please. So press the five star button if you listen to this on Spotify. It's so simple. That'd be fantastic. It all helps with the visibility of the podcast heading into mm. 2023. Let's talk about last week. We actually scragged a winner. Yeah, well, you did. Yeah, congratulations. Very strong week for you, Steve. With, uh, well, what's it going to be? A phenomenon that's uh, Tom Kim. Uh, Bob to Tom one. Kim. Bob, Bob Tom, Tom Bob. Yeah, twenty-two to one winner for you. Fantastic. Plus, you uh, what did you get? Sung Jm and Tom Hoagie in the places as well. So three of your. I think you only put four up last week, didn't you? I think three of your four. Yeah, Ricky Fowler missed the cut, but yeah. we were all on. Yeah. We, were, we were all on Ricky. Yeah, <laughs> that, that's just kind of implied logic with Ricky. Mm. Whenever you see something good from Ricky, it's it, uh, recently it just falls into a miscut. Yeah. He was actually leading early on Thursday. I was getting quite excited. He was two under through five. Next thing I know, he's in 78th position. Yeah, so I was going to say, it must have been after a handful of holes, but uh, yeah. yeah, didn't quite hang about. The, but... the, driver went, the driver went south for Ricky last uh, last week at Shriners. There's something there's something percolating, though, isn't there? There's something... There is something with Ricky. He, he's worth a watch, isn't he? Yeah, I think so. There's there's something bubbling under the surface there that's about to break through. And, uh, yeah, I, I know you've been on him. I've been on him. Um, you know, I've, I've seen a number of other uh, previewers and tipsters, um, you know, sporadically put him up over the last year or so, and you know, in the in the hope and expectation that he's going to pull it round. And I, I don't think he's far away. I think there's there's something good going to happen at some point. Um, Last weekend was strange for me. You know, I've had trouble with my mother recently in bad yeah. health. Yeah. She she came out of uh, hospital, so that was that was good last week. Although it's taking time to settle down and home visits and stuff like that, but we're getting there. And last weekend, it was it was just crazy. My, I support uh, Ipswich Town; they won. I support Stevenage; they won and went top of the league, which is unheard of for Stevenage to be top of League Two. And then I had. Tom Kim won at twenty-two to one. 
I had Sung J M at 16 to 1 full each way. I had Tom Hoagie, who I put up at 50 to 1 with Ball Sports, 10 places each way. Thank you, Ball Sports. I said that last week. That's an, that was an amazing price for 10 places each way. Um, didn't last for long. He led after round one, didn't he? So first yep. round leader. Not that either of you or either you or I had a penny on him first round leader. No. He then realised he was leading, shot one over on the Friday. I thought to myself, gee, that's not such a bad thing for Tom, because now he knows he can't win, he'll play you he'll play good again. And sure enough, I think he shot six under and eight under Saturday and Sunday to Scragger full each way at fifty to one. Yep. So that was three in the top seven. I mean, I don't think I've ever had that. And then I put up Minwoo Lee at your event, mm. and he was the only one to get relatively close to John Rahm at five to two. Yeah, it looks yeah, before Ram pulled away, it looked like maybe yeah. Lee had a, a real chance of winning that, didn't it? He was there or thereabouts on the turn, wasn't he? I think he was two back or one back or yeah. one after eight. I didn't think he'd ever win, but again, that logic a decent player that's kind of way out there in terms of any kind of ranking points. Mm. I think he jumped twenty four spots on the race to Dubai with that third place. Yep. Yes. Still fringy though. No, Still no. Fringy to get into that top sixty. Yeah, it's, you, you get this with the DP World Tour. Some of the events, the the prize fund and the points are, you know, they vary quite a lot from tournament to tournament. So you, you can get a player who does well in a particular event, and actually, it doesn't make, you know, the, the same level of impact that perhaps it should no. or could do. But but no, Minwoo Lu is good. Um, word for Barry because he put up Xander Lombard a three figure price last week, and Lombard came in. Uh, tied fourth or something like that in the end so he got yeah. a full place for Barry as well so uh, I think he didn't he also have Matthew Neesmith I mean it was this was a triumph for the podcast I believe he put up Matthew Neesmith and SH Kim over in Las Vegas I know he backed him yeah I forget if he talked about him on the podcast at that point did he put them up or not yeah. it was still still pondering a number of his bets but uh, yeah between the pair of you you absolutely smashed it whereas I walked away with diddly squat but that's yeah we're going to turn that around this week Steve it's going to be uh, it's going to be turned on its head I think well perhaps we'll both get a winner this week that'd be even better wouldn't it here's the um, might be nice Here's the uh, top 60, and we know with the U- the European Tour, they move it round and there'll be different things. You know, all of a sudden, Danny Willett will be qualifying. And well, this, that, and I, have been, from, yeah, sorry, I, I have been reading into it, and it does look on. like it's going to be a rigid top 50. Top 50? Top 50, and um, it by the, by the wording from the DP World Tour, it's the top 50 qualified through the points list players. So okay. there's not not a top fifty available. That word's not in there. There's nothing nothing in there about these um, spurious invites that we've seen in the past. The wording in, in implies that it's going to be a straight right. top fifty. So, uh, well, Pepper that, all squeaked in. Hmm. He's in at forty eight at the moment. Seamus Power at forty nine. Whether Power comes over to here and plays something to who knows. Marcel Schneider is at fifty. You've then got the likes of Samuja, Soderberg, Xander Lombard, who jumped up 14 spots last week to 53. Mm. Lucas Herbert. I think Herbert could be one in Japan this week. Yeah. Another one of these ones that's fringy 50 in the world. Lot to play for. Does like a course that's more difficult. Eduardo Molinari's jumped to 55. You've then got players outside that 50, like Thomas Dietrich, who's playing this week. 
That's that's all I've been doing, just taking players that are outside that that you know that qualification. Min Woo Lee's jumped to up twenty six spots to sixty second. Yep. Yep, he's got a chance. Justin now, Harding playing this way. No, oh, no, he'll be out, he'll be living it, won't he? Yeah, he'll be living it up. So yeah, Nikolai Hoygaard's another one that's nowhere in, not within that top fifty at the moment. Sixty eighth, mm. Marcus Armitage. So yeah, it's spotting players that you you fancy for a particular test, and I think throwing them in there, it seems to have been working for me over the last few uh, last few weeks. Masi, Masahiro Kawamura's eighty nine, Matt Wallace ninety one. Yep, yeah, there's quite a few players that are going to miss out unless they. Uh, well, there's not that many events left either. They're, they're going to have to no. play well and play quickly, otherwise it's going to be uh, going to be no earth course for those guys. I was just reflecting. We know that I'm Mr. Second Place. It was nice to see Patrick Cantley actually get that uh, that three wood to turn left on him on the 18th. <laughs> um, that was that was an unexpected pleasure. Mm. Um, you then think he might end up with the sort of most amazing lie known to man. That's perfect, but um, it was it was up against a bush. And there's and there's uh, Tom. As he had been most of the week in the middle of the fairway. Yep. Oh, he's super accurate, isn't he? No, no bogeys all week. I, you know, it's incredible, isn't it? It's a- Interesting. He had Ricky Fowler's old um, caddy, mm. Joe Joe on the bag. <laughs> so he jumps from Ricky straight onto a winning bag with Tom Kim. Yeah. More wins to um, come. Yeah. So it was nice to have that good bit of luck. What I was going to say is retrospectively, I think maybe even last year I would have looked at. Tom Kim and I'd have gone. Well, you look at the winners here; they all seem to seem to have like experience of the golf course, and I'd put a line through it. Mm. But you and you said it about me and Seb Stracker the other week. Well, uh, he made the playoff to win forty-five to one, and his his form in was miscut, 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 miscut. And now in the old days, I looked at Seb Stracker. Oh, he doesn't like the course. Yep. But actually, you just go through the process of is that player right for the course? And we know with Tom Kim that this guy is a prestigious talent. I, I don't want to build him up too much, but we went through it last week. Ten wins worldwide across the you know the most international spectrums: Pakistan, India, the Philippines, Korea. It's, it's an incredible, incredible. Um, and we've also said that to win at golf tournaments, it doesn't matter what, at what level, to win a prestigious amount is a very, very difficult thing to do. I know that was one of the things you always keen with Matt Wallace yeah. when he hit the scene. You know, the amount of wins that that guy got wasn't, and it wasn't a normal thing that you spot. No, and well, it's, it's that winning feeling, isn't it? It's that mentality of being able to get yourself yeah. over the line. I mean, you've got, control. You've got to bear in mind with Tom Kim, he's not even 21 yet. This guy is going to be on the scene for many, many years by the looks of it. Um, potential future number one. It's, it's as simple as that. He carries on playing the way he is and winning the tournaments that he does and progressing and... You know, we're looking to see how he gets on in the majors next year. Um, it's going to be fascinating to see how he performs. Um, you know, on, on the biggest of scenes with, with those two PGA Tour wins under his belt now. But yeah, the, you know, where where where's his ceiling? It's potentially it is world number one. We shall see. Handful of PGA Tour starts wins the Wyndham. 
And up until that point, he had special temporary membership. That then qualified him for the FedEx Cup playoffs. You know, it's, a, it's an astronomical rise. Yep. It's the kind of rise that we've only seen from the likes of like Colin Morikara, John Rahm. Yeah, a fantastic rise, fantastic speed. Victor Hovland did it. I don't know even Victor did. I don't think Victor got to the FedEx Cups in the first year. But it's that kind of trajectory. Yeah. And the, the other thing was, I mean, you know, it's, it's like he went to the Scottish Open and finished third. This guy can play everywhere. And just arrives at golf courses he's never seen. And he's at the top of the leaderboards. You know, it's fantastic stuff. So, yeah, um, very, very... Uh, well done to uh, to Tom Kim for last week's performance. That golf course, I think, was pretty perfect for him. Absolutely perfect for him. I haven't got my glasses on, which is a bit of a mistake. Um, let me just put them on quickly. But to recap on his score, he, he equaled the tournament record at 24 under. No one seems to be able to break that. He was 70th for driving distance at 298. But we said that wasn't important. 14th for fairways hit, third for greens in regulation. If you look at his uh, strokes gain numbers, 32, 32nd off the tee, fifth for approach. That was the reason I picked him. 19th for around the green, tee to green third, putting third. Fantastic combination. Well, welcome to the winner's circle. Wins mm. by three from Patrick Cantley and Matthew Neesmith. I thought Neesmith was worthy of note. Neesmith, when you look at his career... Um, he's another one from the southern states. He prefers Bermuda grass greens to bent grass. Yep. But as as we said again, the fact that that golf course at Summerlin is all Bermuda grass apart from the putting surfaces, you do get a lot of sort of Bermuda lovers that do get into the mix there. Mm. So, um, so yeah, interesting with Neesmith. He could be one because he seems to be developing. He could be one for I don't know. Maybe an RSM classic at the end of the year, something like that. Yeah. Or maybe just make a note for. Yeah, as, it, as it, the year starts to die down, some of the players who kind of feel that it's job done yeah. start to uh, not necessarily down tools, but take their foot off the gas a little bit. And some of these guys who've got a little bit more impetus and uh, you know, a bit, yeah. bit more desire potentially to do well at the back end of the year could pop through. It so. could even be one for maybe that American Express that they play. Third week, PJ West. Yeah, see yeah. Kim's one. Yeah, yeah. If he likes making a lot of birdies, then potentially. It clearly does. Yeah. I mean, mm. that's Neesmith batter Paul. He hit sixty-four, seventy-two greens, eighty-eight point nine percent greens in red. Yep. Yeah. Wow. That's decent. Yeah. Right. What do you think we should cover off first? I was going to cover off the Zozo. I think. Yeah, fine. Big event in Japan. They're playing it for the third time in Japan at the Accordia Narashino Golf Course. And the field is better than last year. We had problems last year with COVID travel. Uh, Xander always plays. Sung Jae-im. Colin Morikawa. Defending champion Hideki Matsuama. He's at the same price as Morikawa at 14 to 1. Tom Kim is 14 to 1, apart from ball sports who are offering him at 16 to 1. You've got Cameron Young as big as 18s, and then we've got Victor Hovland at 20 to 1, Tyrrell Hatton at 25s, Corey Connors at 28 to 1, Siwoo Kim, there's a snidge of 30 to 1, 
Tommy Fleetwood at 33s. Mito, Mito Pereira, 35 to 1 with then Keegan Bradley, Maverick McNeely, Tom Hoagie, and Cam Davis, all at 40 to 1. It's 40 to 1 bar. So it's a decent enough field. There's a name in that betting I reckon you might have a little sniff on, but <laughs> um, we'll find that out in a few minutes, just a little bit further down. Okay, let's talk about the course and the agronomy. I know that listeners really appreciate that. Narashino Country Club, Chiba, Japan. It's a Kinya Fujita 1976 original with a PGA Tour-inspired renovation across 16 and 19. Parkland, very, very thin off the tee. It's undoubtedly a mid-score golf course. Um, we have seen... What scores have we seen here? 15 under last year with Hideki. Tiger Woods won at 19 under par. and Even though he won at 19s, there was quite a gap. The, the, the field really thinned down quickly below him. Yeah. It's not an easy golf course, this. Par 70. Um, I categorise it as mid-score. So what I mean by mid-score is something between like 17 down to 12 under pars likely to win. It certainly isn't resort that we saw last week at the Shriners. I also categorise it as a short golf course. It's 7,079 yards in length. It's actually been extended from last year where it was 7041. Holes with water hazards four. Fairways. There's zoysia grass. The old zoysia's back. Zoysia grass. The rough is zoysia, two inches in length. The greens are bent grass. In the States, when you get the zoysia, it's rare that you get zoysia, zoysia, and bent. It tends to be zoysia, zoysia, Bermuda. Yeah, they've got this strange, well, not strange, but the, the, the setup they've got over in Japan is this two, uh, two, two uh, green system, isn't it? So they've got a yeah. bent green and they've got a Bermuda green for different times in the year. So, yeah, it kind of makes a level of sense, I guess. But, yeah, given, given where we are in the year, they're playing the bent grass greens at this point in time, aren't they? And then... Um, during the summer over there, they'll play the Bermuda ones, which uh, yeah, I, I can see the logic with it. But yeah, I suspect from the from the fairways and uh, from the rough perspective, they have to keep it consistent across the turn. It, need, it needs to be the kind of grasses that can tolerate all seasons. So yeah, a level of sense. It's Japan. It's kind of weird and wacky. This course. So bear with me. It's a thirty-four on the front, thirty-six split. The composite course is composed of five par threes, ten par fours, and three par fives for a par 70. Not typical. Par fives come in at 587, 608, and 562. So in essence, the 6th and 18th are reachable. But this is the, the angle I, I find interesting. Another fascinating angle here at Narashino are the 10 par fours, which are distinctly either short or punishingly long. I personally can't recall a course where none of the par fours measure between 426 yards and 485 yards. There's none of them. But this is exactly what we see here. Instead, there are five holes which are sub 425. And then you've got the other 
which are 505, 486, 486, 490 and 491. So you hit a poor tee shot on any one of those five par fours and you are severely struggling for par. Just with the nature of the length of those par fours. Yep. I think that's what helps keep a lid on the scoring round here. Um, it's an undulating golf course. There's lots of dog legs and it reminds me, it really does remind me of two golf courses that we've seen quite regularly or had have seen. It reminds me of Chapultepec, where they used to play the WGC Mexico Championship from 2017 through 2020. Mm. That was played at severe altitude, though, so they used to absolutely thrash the ball around that place. Yeah, it used to play about six thousand three hundred yards in effect, <laughs> yeah. didn't it? Yeah, and there weren't any there wasn't any Zoysia or whatever. Mm. The other golf course this reminds me of is Wentworth. Just look, yeah. Just seems very Wentworthy, yeah. Um, So yeah, good golf course, good field. It's one of these um, invitationals where there's it's a seventy-eight man short field with no cut. So bear that in mind, especially when you're looking at the each way places available this week. That the the bookmakers haven't been overly generous, and they're certainly if you compare this year on year, they haven't been generous at all. you know, firms like Paddy Power only offering six places each way this this uh, week, which for Paddy, who used to be the each way king, um, that isn't the that, is, that isn't the greatest. But yeah, an inter- a, a, a fascinating tournament I find. I'm going to go into some of the trends that I kind of um, bit down on in a short while. Just going through onto that bookmaker track, the only firm that I've found that are going or are offering the availability of eight places each way at 50 odds. I bet three, six, five via their each way extra facility. And on first show yesterday, um, I took the opportunity to back two of my three players Mm. with bet three, six, five, a full eight places each way at 50 odds, which I think is a fantastic price point. Uh, with Bet365 on their Each Way Extra um, facility. So um, if you haven't got a Bet365 account, as we always say, come to Golf Betting System and you can access um, their Bet £10, get uh, £30 in free bets, new customer promotion. I'll put a link into that offer within the podcast description, T's and C's, for those of you 18 plus. Full T's and C's, of course, on the website. So, yeah, brilliant this week from Bet365. Eight places each way, 50 odds by each way extra. I've taken the opportunity on that. Apart from that, the best firm that I have seen for each way places this week are William Hill. Mm. They've gone seven places each way at 50 odds. William Hill. Right, some trends. We've got quite a few players this week with Japanese um, heritage. Zander, Colin Morikawa, of course, Hideki Matsuama, who, yeah, half tempting at 14 to 1. I wasn't expecting him to be the joint third favourite, put it that way. No, not with his record there, which is incredible. And he, yeah, and his record in his homeland is frighteningly good. Mm. Um, 
can win from very little. So I was tempted on Matsuama, didn't in the end. So we'll see if that bites me on the um, ankles. There's also in the field um, plenty of South Koreans. Siwoo Kim's playing. We've got Sung Jae Im. We've got Tom Kim playing. There was one further down, or KH Lee. There was one further down that I found interesting. Kurt Kitayama. Yep. I might have put him in as my fourth, actually, but I didn't. So we'll see. Kurt Kitayama, clearly there's some background there. He's fringy top 50 in the world, and we've... I've said on this podcast quite a lot, um, Kitayama likes the sterner tests. Mm. He isn't a 20 under guy. So last week in his hometown of Las Vegas didn't fit Kitayama as well, especially a golf course where driving accuracy and placement off the tee is so critical. That isn't Kurt Kitayama. But you look at Kitayama, you look at where he scored, where he where he tends to contend. It's sterner, sterner, Stiffer tests. Honda Classic this year for a start. He was in the top five. And we know the Honda Classics are brute. The other thing with Kurt, of course, is he's got a lot of DP World Tour background. So a lot of Asian um, um, tests over the years. Yep. Malaysia, China. His only outing in Japan, I believe, was at, I think it was the Panasonic Open or something like that, or the Asia Pacific. I think he finished in the top four. So that would suggest that he's a, li- a liking for a Japanese golf course. So yeah, Kurt Kitayama was one that I didn't get to, but um, I made a, a real distinct note on him. I, he fits the bill to place this week very, very well. And I'm seeing, if you're very fast, 80 to 1 available with Ladbrokes or Coral. Mm. I don't think it will last. But yeah, he's an interesting player this week. Right, trends. This event's been played three times. Trends break, I know that, but they do help shape my views. 2019, Woods won this. He was 10th in the world. That was the year he'd won the Masters. 2020, Patrick Cantley was 14th in the world. He hadn't won an event all year. That was played at Sherwood Country Club in California. And then 2021, last year, of course, Hideki Matsuama won. He was 19th in the world. So we've had 10th, 14th and 19th in the world win this over the first three renewals. The other thing that grabbed me with all of those three was the form in. And this this, this is the kind of thing that kind of divides listeners. People, you know, what's the point of this? What, it's all meaningless. Well, I often have a good look at this. Tiger Woods came off a 37th at the BMW, and I think it was he hadn't played for 10 weeks. Yeah. yeah 37th at the BMW. He'd withdrawn at the Northern Trust. He'd missed the cut of the Open. That was his form in. Not exactly stellar, but of course it was Tiger Woods. You got 33 to 1, and Tiger turns up and wipes the floor. Patrick Cantley. I know it was a different golf course, but it's the same tournament. He'd finished 38th at the CJ Cup the week before, 8th at the Shriners, 43rd at the US Open, 12th at the BMW. That was 2020. The the calendar was all over the place. And Hideki Matsuama last year, 59th the previous week at the CJ Cup, 67th at the Shriners. He's not exactly shouting back me, is it? But he'd finished 8th at the Fortinet, on the first uh, PGA Tour event of that season, 
26th at the Tour Championship, 26 of 30. So not exactly instead. None of those winners were in red-hot form. No, just the odd little sign here and there, maybe. But... Yeah, a couple of eighth places there for both Matsuama and Cantlay. Yeah. So that's kind. that kind of got me thinking. It certainly gets me thinking when you're looking at Sung Im, who's a short uh, as 10 to 1 with Skybet. Sung Im's two wins on the PJ Tour haven't come off immediate top 10 finishes the week before either. So Sung Jay's out for me. Um, Xander, I can't be backing Xander at best price 9 to 1. Just can't do it. Mm. Has the heritage. You look at all the courses that link well into here. East Lake with the Zoysia grass, Southwind. He, he ticks every single box. He clearly won the Olympics in Japan. But 9-1. to one. If Xander wins, he's 8-1 to one in many, many places. Good luck to Xander. Um, that's why I was happy Patrick Cantley didn't win last week, really. It was just nice to see someone at a... At a you know, someone a bit, bit of a deeper price got the jobs done, especially when I'm on him. Yep. Uh, Matsuama, he's not in the best of Nick, is he? Um, I, I think he's a serious danger. Tom Kim coming off a win. Doesn't follow the pattern, but, you know, this guy is prestigious, so we'll, we'll find out about him. Cam Young. Cam Young can play on every goal, any golf course. I'll give you that. Hasn't played any stroke play since the Tour Championship. Seems a big gap to me for a non-winner. Mm. And of course, yeah, a non-winner on the PGA Tour. Seems a bit... Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It just doesn't seem to me to be the perfect course fit for yeah. Cam Young. And I am a Cam Young fan. Mm. That left me at the top of the shop with Colin Morikawa. So that's who I tipped up. And actually, Colin Morikawa is the first player I thought of for this over the start of the last weekend. Yep. You think of Colin Morikawa. 2022, he hasn't won a tournament. I don't know if you'd call it a slump, but you know, on the basis that this guy, you know, since 2020 is, uh, 2019, has won an event on the PGA Tour, the Barracuda in his first year, 2020 won the Workday Charity Open at Jack Nicholas's Muirfield Village in a playoff from Justin Thomas. He's always been such a good player, Morikawa. Then, of course, he went on to win the PGA Championship at TPC Harding Park in San Fran. We were on him that week, 35-1. to 1. He won his first major in his first major start. That's pretty crazy. Impressive. Impressive. The year after that, on the WGC at Concession in Florida. And then, of course, turns up at St. George's. No one on him. You can't win an Open Championship with any, you know, you've got to have Lynx experience and it's, it takes years to get used to playing over here, especially Sandwich. Tough, finickety little test that is. Wins it. And, of course, then, end of last year, becomes the first American ever to win the race to Dubai by winning the DP World Tour Championship at the Earth Course. I mean, this guy's top elite player, isn't he? But this year's just not been as strong for him. I think he's he struggled with his shot shape. He's a fader of the golf ball. And he, for whatever reason, whether he did it deliberately or his team did or it just kind of happened by mistake, all of a sudden he was hitting a draw and then he didn't know what he was hitting. 
I don't know if he got into this hitting a draw for Augusta, kind of. Yeah. Who knows? They're constantly tinkering these top pros, aren't they? Just trying to find that extra angle or that extra tool that's going to give them a chance of winning more tournaments, potentially winning the Masters. And yeah, you know, we've seen, we've seen players really come unstuck with that kind of uh, yeah, approach over the over the years. So let, let's hope he doesn't. You know, let's hope he goes back to his basics and uh, and. and you know, when he's playing his best, he's one of the best, if not the best, iron player in the world. So perhaps it will come I back this week. I think he's still very good with that, Paul. Yeah. I, I, I still, well, it's certainly come back, and that's the reason I'm on him. Mm. Um, I, I think all I've been reading recently, I put him up at Southwind um, for the first of the, of the FedEx Cup playoffs because I was reading in interviews, all of a sudden I'm back to my cut, I've got more... Um, confidence in the cut shot again, the fade. And as soon as I started reading that, I'm thinking that's the kind of the thing that I want to be reading, where up until that point, you were reading, oh, I, I really don't know what which, which way, I'm missing it both ways, this yeah. kind of chat. Yeah. The other thing I've noticed last year about Morikawa, I genuinely think that they've done a lot, him and his team, to add length to his game. Because the season before last, he was averaging 295 off the tee, which was good enough for 112th in the rankings. Yeah. Last season, all of a sudden, 295 has become 302. Yeah. He's 83rd. So he's added distance to his game. This all feels very... Yeah, that's my weakness, length. So let, let's... let's Matt Fitzpatrick's done it very successfully this season. Let, let's add... Speed to the swing, let's add distance, and it's starting to work. Mm. But that seems to have happened with a detriment to his absolutely prestigious approach blow. Yeah. But this golf course just shouts Colin Morikawa to me, especially with that added, added seven, seven yards of length, which I think will come in very handy here. One thing I did notice about both Woods and Hideki Matsuama, you wouldn't call those guys, especially Tiger Woods 2019, you wouldn't call them bombers. I think Woods had ranked in the top 35 for driving distance that year. Matsuama is one of these guys that can hit it as long as he wants, but actually tends to be, last couple of seasons, top 60, top 65 for driving distance. Yeah, it's so that's someone that can actually club down when they want to or they feel that they need to, rather than these outrageous go-for-it Tony Finau sorts that rarely hit anything but drive, driver off yeah, the tee. yeah. Someone that thinks about a golf course. That's what this is pointing to for me. So I'm on Morikara. And you actually look at his form right now. It's kind of... I know it sounds ridiculous to be tipping someone up because their form's patchy. But it's pretty much bob on what we're looking for. Bearing in mind, you know, he's had a disappointing year. But he still finished second at the Genesis Invitational. Fifth at the Masters. Fifth at the US Open. And fifth at the FedEx St. Jude Championship a few weeks ago. Hmm. But then, you know, around that, the, the, I think it was 22nd, or he was in the top 19 or something at the Tour Championship, where he was second for strokes gained on approach. But then, of course, as can happen with Colin Morikara, especially on Bermuda Grass Greens, I think he was like last or second last for strokes gained putting. Yep. I just think, especially coming off a very good singles victory at the President's Cup where he beat Mito Perea 3-2, and two, 
I heard stuff on there that they were that those two were flying. I think I heard Morikawa was seven or eight under par, um, sort of walking off the thirteenth green. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing some I, nice I stuff. just get the feeling with, and he's got very good Japanese experience. Twenty second and seventh here on this golf course. He's also finished fifth at the twenty nineteen Dunlop Phoenix and third at the Olympics. Got that. Uh, his dad's Japanese, so he's got that heritage. I think winning this this season, it would be a really good victory for Morikara, mm. who's coming off a win this year in Japan, wants to start building momentum, and he's currently ninth in the world, so he kind of fits into that world ranking that I'm looking for. Yep. So I'm on Morikara. I got 14 to 1, eight place each way with bet 365. Thank you very much. I've also gone for Victor Hovland. I'll tell you what swung it with me and Victor Hovland. 20 to 1 on Victor. And I saw Keegan Bradley as short as 25 to 1 to win this Mm. with Sky Bet. And I just thought I could have Keegan Bradley, who has only won once in something like eight years, for 25 to 1. Or I could have Victor Hovland... For twenty to one, it's yeah. not even a conversation, is it? No, I can see the see the logic. He's certainly got a much more prolific hit rate, and uh, yeah, again, who would you go for? You know, first round leader market, you might flip it on its head and go the other way. But if you're looking at an outright market, then uh, you're much more likely to see Hovland up there. I, I agree with that. You look at Victor's wins; he's won in the Bahamas. End of last year. He won Dubai this year, which was a great tournament, that head-to-head finish with Rory McIlroy. Yep. He won in Germany last year. Was that the Porsche or was it the BMW? I can't remember. I think it was the BMW. Uh, Yeah, one of the two. He's won in Mexico twice, the Mayacoba, and he's won in Puerto Rico. Never won professionally on the PGA Tour in the United States. Everything is a world victory. That doesn't necessarily transfer to Japan, but it shows that he travels, right? He was fourth at the Open Championship, which is still quite recent. He went into that leading, tied for the lead with Rory McIlroy. And then he was fifth at Wentworth, again, went into Sunday with the lead. Mm. Now, as I said earlier, Wentworth and here... Yeah, I like that comparison. I like that comparison a lot. I think he also had an 11th or 12th at Wentworth when that was the first year he became pro. So he's had a 12th and 5th at Wentworth like that. And that's the thing with with Victor, isn't it? Tends to be decent enough off the tee, although that um, has been a slight weakness of his, although that seemed to be a lot better on his last start down in Italy. The driving was back. Yeah. All we need is a decent week with him, consistency both off the tee and on approach, and I think Hovland's in for a big week. He finished 41st here in 2019, where he had middle rounds of 65-67. Those were the bad days when Victor always seemed to start badly. He also finished 14th at the Olympics, where basically it was the third round 71 par that kept him away. He He only finished three back from contending for a medal. But yeah, three wins have come since that Olympic performance last year at Mayakobo, Mayakobo, the Hero Challenge and the Dubai Desert Classic. 
and we're getting him at 20 to 1, where Keegan Bradley's priced up currently right now with 25 to 1 with Skybet. I just took the 20 to 1 with Paddy Power, six places each way, and bagged it. I also think that when you look at a lot of his wins, I think the Puerto Rico win was 12 to 1. I think the Mayakoba wins have been 20 to 1 and 18 to 1. So this tends to be the price point that he wins out on the PGA Tour. Yeah, yeah. And also, Hovland never seems to win off anything hot. He'll win off something that's kind of mid-pack and then, bang, win. And you go, oh, Victor Hovland's won at 20 to 1. And we've been talking about it, the Ryder Cup. The race to the Ryder Cup is now on. It's just started. He got involved at Wentworth. He got involved at, in Rome. Goes back to the PJ Tour. I just think now for these big name players, it's it's kind of green light. Go. Let's try and get a good win early on in the campaign, just to make sure it takes the pressure off. Yeah. And we've got momentum going into 2023 in terms of that Ryder Cup. I think Hovland fits ticks a lot of boxes this week. I really do. And just look where he's played well in the States. Torrey Pines, Riviera Country Club, Bay Hill, Copperhead, Quail Hollow. Fifth at Eastlake in 2021, 72 hole scoring. He can play the toughest tree-lined classical courses in America very, very well. Oh, he's, take, take Bay Hill out of that. That's that's quite open. But the others, yeah. shaping the ball, tree-lined, claustrophobic, some of them. Hovland, that, that's his game. Yeah, I think this course suits him perfectly. Yeah, he's very versatile, isn't he? We know that. It's, it's something that marks out these top elite players that they can perform in a variety of different courses. But yeah, if you you pick the the, the key attributes, then yeah, I, I I can't argue. I think the the course does fit him. Um, it's uh, yeah, another one to potentially look at. My final selection is forty to one. So where are you at? Well, from the top boys, the only one I've backed, um, and I couldn't resist taking a, another go on um, on top. Well, a, a go this week on Tom Kim. I took the sixteen to one that you mentioned earlier on um, from Boyle Sports because that was a standout price. Um, and I'll just see how he goes. And I know you know you're talking about experience in parts of the world or um, on particular courses, and you know. Kim's coming to all of these courses blind, effectively, but it doesn't seem to bother him. It doesn't seem to be anything no that's bo- no bother. It isn't. It's, it's nothing that's holding him back. And while he's been put out there at a price that's, um, you know, he's not been put up as the favourite for these events. Um, that may change in the next few weeks and months if he carries on winning these tournaments. But um, you know, for the time being, sixteen to one, I thought was a fair price. Um, we'll see what see what happens. See 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 if he can go back to back. Um, we really don't know how how he performs, do we? We don't, we don't know if he's the kind of player that can string a number of wins together when he when he peaks, or whether he goes off the boil a little bit. It, it's all a kind of a learning learning curve for him and for us at the moment. But while he's there at a price that's you know that's not prohibitive, I'm I'm happy to take a chance on him. So so yeah, Kim's the only one near, near the top that I've backed. Further down, I've got some others, but uh, I'll, I'll let you do your final one first, and then I'll forty to one. I managed to scrag 40 to 1 on Mito Perea mm. early yesterday. Bear in mind, you know, I quote these prices. I think I don't see many tipsters that go before us on a on a Monday morning on a Monday afternoon. So we can we usually get top prices. One and a half points each way, 40 to 1, eight places each way. Thank you very much. We bet 365 each way extra. So market best price on Perea, and I got the eight places. So that was a fantastic 
a, a proposition from Bet365 on that one. I just like Mito this week. He was third at the Olympics. It's the only time he's played in Japan. Mm. That must breed confidence when he's arriving. Sixth place finish at the 3M Open. He flew in direct from Minneapolis, finished third at the Olympics the week after. But there's one thing that we've said all along with Mito, and I think a lot of it is his background, which is clearly Chile, uh, clearly South America, South, you know, Argentinian courses, Chilean courses, they're bent grass. So you you see it with his PJ Tour finishes. It's all bent grass. And then last week, pops up, 36-hole leader at Summerlin on bent grass greens again. Now, he was fringy top 50 in the world last week. He's jumped to 41st. So actually, this week's a really big week for him because if he gets a very good finish this week, even a top five, top six finish, he's definitely going to be in the top 50 come the end of the year, come, and then that Augusta invite lands on his doormat. It's a big, big carrot, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. He didn't get to the Tour Championship, so... This is the this is his route into the Masters. And if you look at the calendar moving forward across the CJ Cup next week, Houston, none of the events are bent grass. It's all Bermuda grass and Paspalum from this point on. Mm. So bent grass greens this week, Zoysia grass fairways. That was exactly the same setup that we saw at the Cass... I can't say that. Can you remember that golf course? The country club they played the Olympics at? I can't pronounce that. Kasimir Gageski? Gazeki? Anyway, the East course. That's that's slightly easier, yeah. Uh, They they were zoysia grass and bent grass, that, that Tom Fazio design. So it's exactly the same agronomy. And last week, he was ninth on approach, um, Sorry, I think he was second for tee to groom at uh, Summerlin. I I still think with Mito Pereira, he was second for tee to green. He was first for strokes gained on approach, Mito, last week in Summerlin. Mm. I still think he is the kind of player that prefers this kind of tougher mid-scoring test than someone that can go out there and shoot 25 under, because I don't think he's that good a putter. No. But this week, on a golf course where likely, because there's wind in the forecast for Thursday, you're going to have to hang around. Um, the Thursday conditions look pretty tough, tough, gusting over 20 miles an hour. So this might see a situation where the lead's five under, say. Then it starts to ease, but they're still sort of gusting 15. I reckon, again, 15 to 16 under wins this. That, to me, is Mito Perea kind of territory. Bear in mind, this is the guy that was standing on the second 72nd tee of a PGA Championship with the ability to win it. Yeah, yeah. So that clearly suggests that Perea can play tougher Parkland golf courses with bent grass to an elite level. Mm. This just sounds perfect for him. So yeah, Mito Perea, 40-1. to 1. As I said, the one that I am going to back personally, as on top of that, but I haven't put up, I'm going to have a little bit of Kirk Kitty armour. In fact, I might actually place that bet while you're uh, just about 
to go through your longer <laughs> yeah. prices. Yeah, don't, don't, you don't want to lose that price. I'm seeing Kirk Kitayama at 75 to 1 with Bet365, but that's their five places. So I will tell you what I'm getting eight places each way on the extra. Mm. Over yeah, to you, Paul. Yeah, it won't be, won't be far different. They tend to tend to keep the markets quite consistent, don't they, between the the five and the eight places, which is which is really good. Um, the one I've backed um, slightly longer than Mito is KH Lee at fifty five to one. Again, that was with the eight place option with Bet three six five fifth of the odds. KH Lee won at the um, it was TPC Craig Ranch, wasn't it? Where he won again earlier this year. Um, Parkland course, isn't it? Bent grass greens. Um, recently, not quite so good, which is why we're getting a price in it. But if you dig into some of his uh, recent rounds, he shot a 64 in the first round at St. Jude. He shot a 65 uh, in the final round at the uh, 3M Championship. He shot a 66 and a 65 in the mid-rounds last week, rounds two and rounds three. So there's lots of good signs in there without him being able to string all four rounds together but when he does that um he's you know he's one of those players that can actually win he can get over the line loads of experience on the japan tour as well if you go through his record he's you know he, he spent a number of years over on that circuit and uh, he's got wins over in japan in 2012 and 2015 six more runner-up finishes on that circuit that i found over the years and 18th here last year on debut so um, yeah, putting it all together, KH Lee made a lot of sense to me. Uh, Tom Kim, as I've already said, I've backed near the top. Um, the other one I've backed is Matt Wallace at 100 to 1. Now, Wallace kind of fits that uh, narrative that you were talking about with players who, um, you know, want to start getting their Ryder Cup campaign off to a off to a start of some description. Um, yeah, because I think deep down, Wallace will think that he's got a chance and a fair chance of making the European team next year um, if you look down he's, I, mean, I, I forget exactly where he is in the world rankings but it's something like 150th, 160th, he's way down the list now so um, he's going to need to really pull um, you know, pull something out over the next weeks and months if he's going to get himself into some of the big events next year and that's a prerequisite if he's going to be playing um, you know the kind of events that are going to give him the points or the access to the points so he can get himself through um, in, in you know in with the shout of making the team um, for Rome next year. Uh, but Wallace, yeah, 100 to 1, fourth here last year, 28th last week as well, some good progressive rounds last week, recently finished second, he lost in the playoff at uh, Crans Sorciere over on the DP World Tour. So he's been playing some good competitive stuff. And uh, yeah, I think he's the kind that you know at a price could, uh, could could get himself. Particularly as you said, you know the the, the scoring here can be uh, mid score, but it it's the way the course is set up. It does make it reasonably tricky in places. And I think Wallace is kind of that dogged character who can uh, who, who can dig in when uh, you know on, on the tougher holes, and then you know open his shoulders on the on the scoring holes and give himself a chance of making a making a birdie or eagle on some of those par fives or shorter par fours. So, so yeah, Wallace 100 to 1, um, KH Lee 55s and Tom Kim 16 to 1, which I thought was a great price. With on KH Lee, both of those wins at Craig Ranch, both 2021 and 2022, that mm. golf course are bent grass greens, as you said, but they're also zoysia grass. Right. Even better. So clearly he loves a bit of zoysia. Yep. No, it's a, a, a lot to like with Lee for, for, for a mid-price each way punt. I thought, well worth taking I have go. just backed 
Kirk Kitayama at 70 to 1 mm. with bet 365 each way extra, eight yeah. places each way. Yeah, that's the point. The, the price doesn't drop a massive amount between their standard five places market and the, yeah. the eight place market. He's 75 on the eight, on the five, 70 to 1 on the eight. I think that's a good bet on Kitayama mm. as well. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to the Zosa. It's always a good tournament. I like it as well because you can watch it. Um, you can watch what happened before in the morning. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can watch, have a bit of breakfast. Watch, uh, watch the uh, golf from Japan, which is great. Mm. Right, we're now moving across to Spain on the DP World Tour. Another good event. Uh, well, how can you how can you say it's a bad event? It's, it, they're playing it at Valderrama, the Estrella Dam and the Lucia Masters. Mm. So over to you. Yes, one of those highlights of the year, isn't it, for our annual visit to this, well, it's an iconic venue, I think it's the only way you can describe it, really. A relatively short field this year, um, 126 players by the looks of it, um, understandable given the shorter daylight hours that you get this time of the year. Matt Fitzpatrick is the 6-1 to favourite, defending champion. Six to one at the moment, and that's rapidly going as well. I suspect he'll go off five to one, eleven to two, absolute maximum. So, um, if you do fancy Matt Fitzpatrick, don't hang about because the price is disappearing by the second. Ryan when did Fox, you win it at last year, Paul? The price last year was fourteen to one. So, yeah, I mean, that's ref- reflection really on the fact that he's the only standout at the top of the market. Um, quickly thins out after that so you know there's, there's not a big second name in there to really really push him plus the course fits like a glove I can, <laughs> I can I, we'll go into fits in a little while as to why I have or haven't backed him but um, yeah if, if, if you were to draw a draw a, a course that's uh, or describe a course that Matt Fitzpatrick suits then Valderrama's not far off his perfect fit really so fits at the top um, Ryan Fox 22 to 1 won the Dunhill links uh, a week or two back didn't he Bob McIntyre 22 to 1 he won the Italian Open a couple of weeks back so a couple of recent winners there uh, Minwoo Lee played well last week 22's also Rasmus Hoygaard uh, 25 to 1 Thomas Detry 28's then into, into the likes of Antoine Rosner Jordan Smith at 30's Adrian Moronk, 33s. Fabrizio Zanotti, 35 to 1, 40 to 1 bar those players. In terms of each way places, Coral Labrooks and Boyle Sports are all eight places each way, 50 the odds. And of course, as we've been saying, Bet365 have their each way extra proposition running for this event as well. So again, there's an eight places, a 50 the odds market amongst others available this week. So Valderrama, we know a lot about it. We've seen it before, haven't we? It was a former uh, WGC venue, former Ryder Cup venue as well. It has hosted a lot of different events over the years, so there's plenty of course form on the site for you to peruse this week. Not all of it, the Andalusia Masters. There have been various different European tours, as it was at the time, events um, hosted on this track. So lots of lots of event history, so or lots of course history. So do take a look at that on the site. It's a Trent Jones Senior design, short classical test, par seventy one, just over seven thousand yards. Seven thousand and twenty eight yards is the measurement for this year. 
tree-lined fairways, tight fairways, aren't they? Small, tiny pinprick bent grass greens as well. Really is a proper test of golf at the best of times. And with a 10 to 15 mile an hour wind forecast this week and dry conditions, um, I'm expecting no different, really. I'm expecting it to play tough, um, firm, fast, small greens. A little bit of breeze in there as well. Um, we should be looking at a really um, tough renewal, which is exactly what we like to see. Um, just look at some of the recent, which did give you a flavour really of some of the winning scores and players who've won this. Back to the 2016 Spanish Open, which is when it came back on the circuit. Andrew Johnson, Beef Johnson won that at 100 to 1 in 2016. His winning total was one over par. So that, that gives you an idea. 2017 was Sergio Garcia, 5 to 1, 12 to 1 that year, a little bit softer. 2018, Sergio retained his title at 9 to 2. Um, that was a rain affected, weather affected uh, event. Only three rounds that year, 12 under again. Again, it was really soft, so that explains the scores. 2019, Christian Brzezwadenhut at 80 to 1. Um, 10 under par for, for the uh, South African that year. 2021, or sorry, 2020 was John Catlin, 125 to 1. Two over par for Catlin's winning total. And Matt Fitz, as we said, 14 to 1 last year, six under par. Six under par is probably where I'm thinking it's going to be this year, maybe give or take a little bit. But uh, I, I don't think they'll get to double figures under par looking at the forecast. I think it's going to play quite firm. I think it's going to play quite breezy. Um, and I think it's only really possible to get into those double digits when it's soft. And I don't think we're going to be seeing that this year. So it's so a single figures at best, I would have said. Uh, in terms of statistics, there's some stats of the recent winners on my previews. So do take a look at that if you like to drill down into how players have performed. Uh, tiny greens, as I said earlier, greens in regulation stats are always way down here. Now, we know what Matt Fitzpatrick's game's like. He only hit 57% of greens on his way to victory last year. 57 is way down on what you'd expect from Fitzpatrick, normally a 70-80% man. John Catlin the year before, 47% of greens in regulation. As who 47% the year before. So if you're missing half of the greens, if the winner is missing half of the greens, give or take, then you're going to need a very, very good short game, as well as avoiding as much trouble as you possibly can from off the tee. There's, a, you know, there's, there's two sides to this. You need to be relatively accurate and you also need to really scramble well. And that's backed up by the strokes gain stats for the same three winners. We have got strokes gain data on the site going back to 2019 renewal. Now, all three of those four that I've just read through, Fitz, Catlin and Bezwaden, who were in the top four for strokes gain tee to green. Um, Matt Fitzpatrick and Bezwaden, who both led the field for strokes gain around the green and Catlin was second. So if you're picking two stats out, two strokes gain stats out for this week, strokes gain tee to green and strokes gained around the green would be the ones I would focus on personally. I think really the winner's likely to have a similar set of stats to those this week. It doesn't tend to deviate massively. Players will miss greens. Players will have to scramble well. But players will still have to play as well as they possibly can from tee to green. It's a really good, really stringent all-round test um, that uh, can frustrate a lot of players. Um, but also those players that have got the right mentality can uh, can thrive. 
Now, in terms of current form, every winner going back to, well, if you go all the way back to Jeeve Milker Singh in 20, 2006, every single one of them had at least a top 20 finish in one of their previous three starts. So I, I don't think it's that kind of course where you turn up and need to find your form. I think you need to come in with a little bit of underlying form at the very least into this week. Um, course form slightly less relevant, it would seem. I mean, Fitz and uh, John Catlin both had missed the cut on their previous start, their only other start on this event or on this course. Uh, Bezwaden, who had finished 29th on his previous attempt here, um, Andrew Johnson, Beef Johnson, and was making his debut back in 2016. It's balanced a bit by Sergio Garcia, who won in 2017, 2018, and prior to that as well. So you've got Sergio, who's got a great record around here. And then you've got that kind of interspersed with some players either making their debut or without a great deal of uh, form to show on this particular course. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't get overly hung up by players that have played well at Valderrama in the past, but a, a little little sign, a little you know, any, any nugget of form around here, um, you, you could uh, you could latch onto a little bit. Or players that have played on comparable courses, tougher courses on the circuit over the years is is a good starting point, I think. So yeah, summary then. I guess someone is going to um, get on with the, get on with the course, not get into too much trouble from tee to green. Got a nice short game. Ability to grind is always something to uh, to look at on this particular course in this particular event. Having that right mentality because players are going to make bogeys. It's simple as that. I mean, Fitzpatrick on his way to to winning last year, he made thirteen birdies. Now for those players that are you know, that thrive on having to make birdies, red numbers to really get any momentum going. It's not that kind of course. You're not going to be able to string birdie streaks together. You're not going to be able to, you know, make seven, eight birdies per round every every round. You're going to make lots of bogeys. So having the right kind of mentality and uh, and you know stoic approach is a uh, is an asset here. I think. Now, top of the market. Fitzpatrick, when when the markets opened yesterday, thirteen to two. I did have a good look at it. I mean, it's, it's like John, well, not not quite the same as John Rahm last week because he was what nine to four, five to two, something in that bracket. Slightly longer. Um, six to one's the best you're going to get out there right now as we're recording. It's nearly nine o'clock on Tuesday morning. I expect by the time the podcast goes out there, eleven to two will be the best price that's available. And by the time they start, maybe five to one. Um, I can't back him in that price. But as I said earlier, there's, there's, you really are picking to try and find a reason or reasons why he shouldn't really seriously contend this week. He lost that um, playoff to Bob McIntyre in Italy recently, defending champion. He's, he has defended a title before, so you can't put that as a negative, really. Um course fits him like a glove I there's, there's no real reason not to back him if you like him at that price but for me just too short there's too many variables in golf I think for a player to go out there and to be a really confident pick at five to one and um, when you've got some players just down just just uh, just down the list next to next to where he is who uh, could equally play well and just have that blinding round or that blinding finish or that little bit of luck that might push him over the line Anyway, I'm trying to justify perhaps the unjustifiable, but I'm, I'm, I'm not going there with Fitz. The one, the first one I've backed is Antoine Rosner. Um, got him at 33s yesterday. He's been nibbled in a little bit. 30 to 1 right now is the best you get out getting out there 
on Antoine Rosner. Now, I backed him recently in Italy. Um, that He finished 16th that week. That was on the strength of some really good long-game stats that have been coming through. He'd finished 13th at the Czech Masters, where he was first for strokes gain approach, first for strokes gain C to green. He finished fourth at Crown Sorcier as well. Um, again, really strong long game um, stats. First for strokes gained off the tee, first for strokes gained tee to green, second for strokes gained approach. Some really strong, consistent data coming out. Uh, 16th in Italy, as I said, when I backed him, 11th the week after in the Open de France, um, fourth last time out the Dunhill Links. Some good progressive form. And I think these tougher tests really suit Rosner. His last win came in Qatar. Uh, that was an eight under total. Missed a cut here last year, but that was in a period of really poor form. He wasn't even breaking the top 50 um, in any of the recent events at that point. Prior to that, the year before, he finished third here. Um, and that's much more like it, I think. He's got all the tools, in my view, to really push Matt Fitzpatrick. And, uh, you know, if it were those two coming down the stretch, um, I'd take my chances on the longer price. So that's exactly the way I've played it this week. Each way, um, two points each way. That was on Antoine Rosner at 33-1. to A uh, little bit deeper. I've also backed Guido Migliozzi, 55-1 to one that was. Um, and I managed to get him again with the Bet365 eight-place option yesterday, um, which I thought was a cracking price, really, for a player who's won his third title at DP World Tour level in the last month. Um, that was at the Open to France, another tough test in that incredible final round that we witnessed, that incredible final shot on the 72nd hole as well. Um, that's got to give a massive amount of uh, confidence going into this uh, this next year or so as he's looking to push for that uh, that, that maiden start um, on home soil for the Ryder Cup next year. We've also seen Guido win quickly um, or multiple times in quick succession in the past. Now, Back in the days when it was called the European Tour, he won two events um, in the space of seven months when he broke through on the European Tour. Prior to that, when um, he was playing back on the Alps Tour, he won three times in the space of 15 starts. So he's the kind of player, when he finds top gear, when he finds winning form, then he can string two or three um, wins together, I think. Back to his stats at the Open to France. First for strokes gained approach. For, oh, second for strokes gain tee to green at the Golf National. That's, again, exactly what I'm looking for here. Finished sixth here in 2020 as well. He's got three missed cuts here, so he's not been infallible around Valderrama. I mean, who is infallible around Valderrama? But um, with that sixth place finish here, it does give you a little bit of confidence that when he's playing his best golf, um, he can contend here. So, so Guido's in. I've also backed Roman Langasque. At 75 to 1 again with the each way extra proposition. Um, nothing better than 36 from his last six starts for Langask, and that's pushed his price out to something backable. And you remember he was going off at 28s and 22s and 30 to 1, um, you know, in the middle of the year and kind of flattering to deceive, finishing sevenths and eighths and sixths and you know, tied ninths and those kind of positions from really good, good spots. So uh, to get him at a longer price um, is, you know, for me, that's worth taking on. Now, obviously, that is on the back of him not playing so well recently, but he opened with a 61 at the old course in his last start um, at the Dunhill Links. Uh, he got blown off the course at Carnoustie the following day, and that's why he finished 36th in the end. But um, there's some signs there, some, something just uh, starting to, to percolate in his uh, his game, I think. In terms of tough course form, he won at 8-under at the Celtic Manor uh, back in 2020. 
number of top 10 finishes since without really pushing on. Um, but uh, I think he can here. He finished 17th here in 2019. He opened with a 77 that day. So he was staring, I'd say, miscut at that point, but managed to recover, get himself inside the top 20. Last year, he led to halfway here at Valderrama, eventually finished 11th. So some good, solid course form. The right kind of game, I think, for a player like Langasque to, to feature and to get himself into the mix. Um, and two longer prices to finish. Kildak Afrobarnrat, 100 to 1. Um, I've taken a chance. I mean, this is a little bit more speculative, I must say, on on, on uh, Kiradek, because um, he's making his debut here this week. Um, but for me, there's enough to suggest that he may well like this kind of uh, this course. Now, I describe Kiradek as that kind of classical player. He moves the ball both ways. Um, manufactures shots, good on linksy type courses and good on tree-lined tests where, on classical tests where you need to work your way around dog legs. You, If you get yourself in trouble, you need to manufacture a shot to get yourself out of the trees, that kind of thing. Um, and that washes through in some of these recent enough um, finishes. Second at Wentworth last year, you may recall, had a really good chance of winning that at Rolex Series level event. Um, 14th and 5th there prior to that at Wentworth as well so he's got some good tree lined form uh, PGA Tour form as well recently 13th at the Wyndham Championship now the Wyndham as you'll tell me Steve is very similar in terms of it being a short tree lined kind of past 70 I know this is a 71 but past 70 track there um, there's got to be some correlation there. it's kind of a Carolina type feel isn't it over there at the um at the Wyndham. Um, 65-63 shot there, um, middle two rounds. Again, recovered from a poor start to uh, to get himself into 13th spot. And I always like to see, a li- if, there's, if there's a little bit of PGA Tour form for these players who drop down to, to DP World at Tour level, that's always interesting to, to note, I think. 12th at the Italian Open recently, 8th last week in Madrid. And that was his Spanish soil debut. So perhaps he can push on and get himself another top eight or better this week at a three-figure price. We shall see. And the final one I've backed is Jamie Donaldson, 125 to 1. Again, that's with the each way extra proposition with bet three, six, five, eight places, a fifth of the odds. Um I've taken a punt on the Welshman. He, he tends to save his best nowadays um, for these tougher style tests. I mean, you have to go back all the way to 2014 for his last, what was European Tour win at the time. Um, but as I said to Barry last week, breaking these long winless streaks seems to be all the rage nowadays. And perhaps Donaldson can be the latest to get himself back over the line after a long stretch of uh, of no, no, no victories, no titles. Uh, relatively recently he's finished 8th at the Belfry 6th at Renaissance when it's playing tough um, 6th a few weeks ago at the Golf National again another tough test and that you know, really does offer some encouragement that he can sneak a place on another tough test particularly when you look at his form here he's finished 4th in 2017 10th uh, in 2019 and that year he was 3rd going into Sunday so um didn't quite work on the Sunday, but it does suggest that he can find a way to navigate his way around here. And it's that kind of, again, stoical character who can hang about in, uh, on, on tough courses and uh, and grind out potentially and hopefully an each way place finish or maybe even better for Jamie Donaldson. But they're my five. Yeah, Donaldson, Afi Barmer, Romain Langasque, Guido Migliozzi and Antoine Rosner. Is there anyone who caught your eye, Steve? 
If you want a guy with good form, uh, but that never wins, it's Thomas Dieter, isn't it? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's that never win bit that's the um, elephant. But in you the said room. there's a lot of players that have, haven't won for ages winning recently. Mm. You know this this guy. He's fifty sixth in the race to Dubai. Yeah. So needs something to get into that DP World Tour Championship. And then you just look at what he's done recently around the world. It's amazing. Boise Open. Fourth, so that got him his PGA Tour card. Fifth at Wentworth. Twelfth at the Fortinet. Ninth at the Sanderson Farms. So he's playing PGA Tour level golf and the marquee event on the DP World Tour at Wentworth. Fifth, twelfth, ninth. 28 to 1? Yeah, why not? I'll have that. He had a um, eighth place finish here in 2019. Yep. Yeah, it's just that weird. I thought it? he's coming in quite buoyant mood. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of those, isn't it? When he gets when he gets that win, and you would expect the door to open at some point, then he'll probably get a rash of him over a period of time because he is that good. Um, but the longer it goes on without him getting over the line, yeah, and he's he tends to be this kind of. You know, I, I understand twenty eights this week because you know you've got a, a clear standout favourite this week. So yeah, if Fitz wins, then. Would he? Would, could you see Detry in one of the pl- each way places? Yeah, yeah, quite possibly. I think so. Quite possibly. So I'm going for Detry. Um, I also I've got to stay with uh, I've got to stay with Min Wu. Hmm. Um, he, he's just an interesting player, Min Wu. He, he he tried to get onto that American circuit. It didn't work. Um, started the year at top fifty in the world. He's now he's now jumped eight spots to sixty fifth in the world rankings, mm. but he's still outside that top fifty to get into that DP World Tour. To me, Min Wu, you just look at his results. The, the end of last year, when he when he had that carrot, the carrot to get into the world's top fifty, all of a sudden he's stringing results together, yeah. and he was second here last year. Yeah, he's sixty second in the race to Dubai. So you know another big week this week. Potentially a victory, you know. All of a sudden, he's getting a big jump up the rankings. He's into that race to Dubai DP World Tour Championship final. Mm. Now, there's a lot to play for for Minwoo. The other one I love, and um, you mentioned him, you've tipped him, is Kiradek. Yep. He again has lost his PGA Tour privileges, so he's playing for a home these days, um, and he's way down on everything you look at. But we know he's a quality player. Yeah. yeah. And maybe the DP World Tour is going to be that stop-off you know, for a while before we can start getting his status back. And, you know, you look at Kiradek, you'd want, you know, he's the kind of quality of player that should be in a DP World Tour championship top, top 50. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's been some good little signs. There with are him some recently. signs, yeah. Because he was, he was going well at the uh, Corn Ferry... Tour Championship as well, wasn't he, for the first couple of rounds? That's when he yeah, did that. Inter- yeah, he did that interview, didn't he, and talked about being homesick. And um, you know, the final two rounds after he'd done that kind of opened himself up, and um, it, it, it was awful after that. It drifted all the way down from a contending position. But um, you know, either side of that, there's been a few good signs here and there that he's uh, he's playing. And I, I do, I, I think that he he it goes well on these kind of courses. I think he can find ways to manufacture shots that can get himself out of trouble, which um, on a course that 
players are going to find themselves with tree trouble, you know, quite really quite regularly, um, then then he can work his, work his way around it. And he's putting well as well, which is always key with uh, with Afri Barn Rats. So, yeah, quite hopefully go well this week. They're signs, aren't they? 13th at the Wyndham. As you said, he was right at the top of the leaderboard of that Corn Ferry Tour Championship. In, uh, and that you know, second after 36, flew, dis- you know, fell away from there. But yeah, 12th at the Italian Open and then 8th last week, 3rd going into Sunday. Yeah. And we're getting him at 100 to 1. Mm. Yeah. Just, just for his own career, he needs, he, you know, he needs to deliver. Indeed. So yeah, for me, um, Thomas Dietrich, who I think uh, DP World Tour level is, uh, yeah. If, you, if you've been doing well in the states, we always say it's a big drop down. I'll have Min Woo and I'll take Kiradek. So they're my three. Very good. It's been a good show. I've enjoyed it. Yes. Best of luck. Best of luck to you. Best of luck to the listeners. Don't forget, if you're listening on Spotify, please press the five stars. That's all you need to do. And send in those five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. That's all we ask for. I hope your bets go well, listeners, and we will be back next week. See you soon. If you like betting on golf But everyone that you back misses the cut Get some experts involved all the stats and the tips and so much more because it's the golf betting system the golf betting system is the golf